from the heart of New York City. He is the human suplex machine. This is the Taz Show. Yeah, yeah. Talking wrestling, sports, and beyond. It's the Black Tower Maniac coming out of Brooklyn. The one-man crime spree. He gonna leave you shook. Try to beat him if you can and survive if he lets you. Human suplex and he coming for you too. Better watch out. The guy your mother warned you about. And he's got one question. I'll inform you about like. You're not afraid of a little competition, are you? Award-winning host and former world heavyweight champion, Taz. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Coming at you right now. Tuesday edition. Tuesday edition of the Taz Show. Going to talk about some stuff here. Monday Night Raw, obviously. Going to chat that up. Good portion of today's show for the next two hours. That's got to be done. What's got to be done first is I want to thank everybody for watching live or listening live right now. Because you are on TazShow.com. So thank you for that. Maybe you're listening to the audio on demand version of the show. And that's on iTunes or Play It or Spotify or maybe you're doing that on the TuneIn. That could be. Not really sure. Or maybe you're checking out the video, uh, the, the video on demand, the VOD. Maybe you're doing that, which would be at TazShow.com. Or maybe uh, later on, we're going to be on Facebook Live, which I'm kind of getting sick of, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, we'll do that later on. So, But if you want to interact with the show, I know a lot of you are calling already because you have the phone number saved in your phone. Because it's not like calling a radio show in 1983. Because you guys can store phone numbers in your freaking fancy cell phones that you're all running around with, acting like idiots with. I mean, not in a nice way. So you can call the show. Attention hotline fans. 866-475-2948. 866-475. Pay attention, Captain. 2948. <sighs> now we have a guest in the studio, uh, the Viking Rob. <laughs> He is here off a loss of his team. The Vikings got beat last night in Monday Night Football. Now, uh, Captain, do you want to do it off-air or on-air and explain what happened with the 2948? No niner means... <laughs> it's not good, Rob. It's not, it's not good. He has no idea. He's, he's clueless. Niner's like a code that Taz is in a good mood. Yeah, when I go at 2948, that means Taz is happy. It's going to be a fun show. But when Taz goes, 2948... Not good. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh, it's very important. It's a shoot. It happens. These are things that happen. Okay. And we'll get into a little bit if you want to talk about your Vikings getting their asses kicked on Monday Night uh, Football. We can do that, Rob, in a little bit. Because you made sure you brought up to me that my patriot My Patriots. How am I doing? That, <laughs> that, that's not that funny. That my Bills got beat by the Patriots. You made sure you brought it up off air. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh. Okay. But, uh, Buy a hat. I, pro- okay. I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Not not on a 2948 day. No, that's not the day to do that. <laughs> not good. Not even on a Niner day. I wouldn't no. bring that up. And Captain's just sitting there laughing because he knows it's over for him. Thank God I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to deal with these problems. Uh, uh, uh. Captain's going to Rainbow Bright World. He's going to the ra- where all the rainbows are and his unicorns jumping around. And, and waffles ha- and crepes. And waffles and crepes. Everybody's happy. <laughs> he's eating ice cream and drinking vanilla milkshakes with sprinkles. <laughs> he's, he's eating Captain Crunch. He don't have to worry anymore about this. This just constant mind F of a show called the Taz Show. Well, I still have a few more left. Yeah, but you're left because you're on your way out. 
I just hope the catering at the Today Show is a little better than the Munchkins on Friday. <laughs> well, he's going to have, well, the catering there is going to be phenomenal for, for, for Captain. He'll be sitting there eating. Sir, how would you like your omelet? Excuse me? Yeah, we have catering here for Mr. Lauer and you, Mr. Captain. <laughs> They're going to make you omelets with scallions and freaking chunks of turkey sausage. Bastard. I can go for that. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Hope you choke on it. <laughs> There you go. A, a tea sec, turkey sausage, egg, and cheese? Tea sec. <laughs> tea sec. All right, look, enough. Enough of making stars out here. I'm tired of you and the other guy next to you. Enough of you people. All of you. Yeah, we're sitting here with egg on our face. Please don't talk. Okay, Rob, please don't talk unless you're spoken to. Okay, please. Please, sir. You're liable to get thrown off this show right here. Captain, please tell him I'm not kidding. He thinks I'm joking. Rob, I've been fired 7,434 times. Yeah, and it might happen by the end of the show again today. He might get fired again. So, look, there's things I need to go over in the show here. Enough of the BS. If you call on the show, please be careful. Please tread lightly. So, there are some things that I would... Uh, uh, well, first of all, some people that we go ahead the meeting yesterday with the big bosses. Remember, I had the big meeting. How'd that go? I'll get into that. Don't rush me. <laughs> Don't rush me, okay? It's be a fun show. Don't rush me. Please, let me do what I got to do. Don't lead me. Don't tell me nothing. Okay, Captain, please. Dude, you're on my radar. I didn't break any rules. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're here. That's the You're here and you quit. That's a rule. No, so listen, I'll get into that later. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, I want to uh, talk about a quick announcement I tweeted out yesterday. Uh, special guest this coming Friday. This is going to be great. Christy Hemi. Yes. The very talented Christy Hemi will be live on the Taz Show. There you're looking at the video. You see the graphic right there. Christy. Christy Hemi will be on. It's going to be great. Christy lives in California. So it'll be very early. And she it will be a phone call gimmick. Okay. So it's early there in California when we're on there live. So... Christy will be on. She is a tremendously talented girl. She's done so much in the business, in WWE, into TNA, and all her success, and things she has working on now. So I wanted to catch up with Christy. She's always been a really, really nice girl. We saw her recently at Bound for Glory uh, at TNA. She made an appearance when they put Gail Kim, who I believe Gail and Christy are like best friends. So Gail, I'm sorry, uh, Christy, was there and did the announcing and, and kind of was part of the thing there with um, with when Gail got inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. So that was pretty cool. And speaking of TNA, we'll get into that chatter in a second or two here. Uh, the whole lawsuit going on with Billy Corrigan and TNA and the ruling and all this jazz. And Mike Johnson, yes, uh, but Mike Johnson will be on the show with the PW Insider Report. Mike will be on uh, in a little while here, right here, live on the Tash Review, the Skype. So, yeah, that, that's how this works on the show. We don't give you Christy Hemi Skype, but we'll give you Mike Johnson Skype. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Everybody's running amok. Yep, that's what's going on here. Why couldn't Christy live in New York and Mike live in California? Yes. I mean, that, that would be better. Actually, come to think of it, I think Mike Johnson should move somewhere, like Australia. Or, or somewhere where we can't Skype him. Just further away from you, Just in general. Yes, exactly. Guam. He's, he's not only in a tri-state area, he, he's he's in one of the boroughs. So there's five boroughs that make up, you know, the New York City, you know. I'm in one of them right now, New York City. And Mike, I think, lives in the Bronx, but this is not like a fancy, nice area of the Bronx, which, like, there is one. 
No, there actually is a couple. But he lives by the water over there in the Bronx, and he used to live in Queens, and that's another borough. So there's three boroughs. Well, that might be a good trivia for next time we do a giveaway. <laughs> Can you name the five boroughs? But You I, can't live in New York. No, you can't live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a guy calling from Queens that does that. Yeah, that, 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 that would Joey be from Queens, you're yeah, next. Yeah, you can't. What's the five boroughs, Joe? Uh, well, Passaic, uh, we Suffolk. got Newark, Suffolk. Yeah. Essex, Suffolk. Essex. Essex, and uh, of course, Westchester. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you got it. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, so if I didn't mention, uh, the Vikings did lose to the Chicago Bears. Uh, 20 uh, to 10. Uh, this is a little, little, little quasi uh, catch you off guard Jones on the uh, little NFL talk here. Because um, I don't want to talk too much about the NFL today. I, I want to talk about Raw. I want to talk about the other things. So, yeah, Monday Night Football. I did not get a chance to catch any of the game. But the Bears uh, beat in the NFC matchup the Vikings, who now have two back-to-back losses. So the Chicago Bears uh, won 20-10. to 10. Uh, Chicago quarterback Jay Cutler. I didn't even know Jay Cutler was still in the league. You don't even hear about this guy much anymore. But anyway, uh, he was 20 of 31, 252 yards at one touchdown. And um, Sam Bradford, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, was 23 of 37, 228 yards, uh, one touchdown. We've got sacked several times. It seems like the offensive line has some issues there for the Vikings. Uh, you know, hey, Rob, I'll get your take on this. Uh, the Vikings, I'm sure you caught most of the game and you're a big Vikings fan. Talk to me. What, what happens? Did the offensive line fell apart or what? Well, uh, before the season started, well, actually, after the first game, they lost their left tackle and right tackle for the year. So they basically had to pull guys in off the street or off the practice squad yeah. to play left and right tackle. And when you're going up against any pass rush whatsoever and you have a, a immobile quarterback, you're going to get sacked. And they, they couldn't. They're the worst rushing team in the league due to the offensive line. Mm. And uh, the defense, while elite, didn't play well last night, which, you know, they're not going to play well every week. So it was just a uh, it was a bad mix of everything. They didn't play well in any phase. Right. And that's two weeks in a row where uh, they're a disaster. But I deserve it. I brought heat on myself from Chicago a couple weeks ago with the Cubs, and now the Vikings ah. get killed by the Bears. So. so it's all about you. I see what's going on, Rob. So <laughs> basically because you acted like a douche with the Cubs, the folks in Chicago, the curse of the GOAT is now on you and the Vikings. That's correct. Hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting way of taking looking at it, and I think I'm, I agree with you. Actually, I think I think this actually is good stuff. I think I could probably run with this for about four or five weeks. Um, <laughs> I, this could be something pretty good. This could turn into a Twitter. This thing. could turn into a whole Twitter. Maybe thing. even a poll. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie the Viking has heat with Chicago Twitter account. will start now. But Snapman Jones started yesterday. Yeah, I saw that this morning. I mentioned Snapman Jones, and there'd be a Twitter, and sure enough, there was. So let's get a Twitter account for uh, Robbie the Viking has heat with Chicago account. <laughs> That's not long enough. Get wow. one of the interns on it. Yeah. <laughs> we have interns quitting lately a lot. A lot of them are quitting. Yeah. How many are we down to? 74? We're down to 73, actually. One just oh, quit before the show. I got, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm in a bad mood. I got an instant message about this, about the guy quitting. Fake football Jones. Now, the captain was looking for... Um, <laughs> He needed his Minnesota Viking defense. Uh, Rob, I don't know if you know captains. Go. Go, he's, captain. got, he's got he's got the purple lollipop. Okay, what are we you. doing with lollipops? <laughs> so the captain. Even know where he pulled that out. I don't know. He pulled a lo- purple lollipop out of his, his ass neck or something. But <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, listen to me. So the thing is this, Rob, the, the the captain's fantasy football team. His defense is the Vikings. Right. And him and I kind of had a slight tussle because I wanted the Vikings, but he beat me to the punch. Okay. So anyway. So the captain feels your pain because he needed... How many points did you need last I needed 19. Th- and they got you negative deuce. Negative two, exactly. 
Yeah, I believe that he needed 19 and got a negative two. Oh my god. So yeah, so wow. who, who did you play again? KFJ? Yes. And he and beat you? Lost? Yeah, I lost 90 to 70, I think was the final score. Oof. Did I not mention yesterday I beat the living piss at a video Brian of Phoenix football? Oh yeah, you went at lengths did I, about it. Did I mention it. that? Yeah, I think I did wow. mention that yesterday, yeah. And uh, what about crying Brian? Is he winning again? He beat uh, I, I John? Think Johnny beat him. Really? Yeah, because I think uh, Brian's got his second loss. Yeah, Johnny just said, yeah, he won. Oh, that's great. No one cares. Okay, cool. So, all right, anyway, uh, what else we got going on? Oh, yeah, current Tennessee Titan uh, and longtime Houston Texan wide receiver Andre Johnson announced his retirement. Yes, I'm a little surprised. This. Johnson finished his NFL career at ninth all-time in receptions and 10th all-time in receiving yards. Y'all remember Andre Johnson was legit, legit. And this guy retires. That's like last year with the Lions, uh, Megatron. Remember Megatron? I remember the announcement sure. being, it seemed like, like it came out of nowhere. I don't get it. I mean, I guess these guys either lose the passion or it's injuries or whatever. I don't know the details. Well, Andre's getting up there in, in age a little bit. He's I not old, old, though. You know what I mean? You remember back in the day, like in the NFL, remember guys like Lynn Swan and these type guys and... I mean, uh, you know, Michael Irvin with the Cowboys. Even guys, Tim Brown with the Raiders. Tim Brown, good. Jerry really good Rice point. was around for Jerry a long Rice. Time. All these guys that were. Chris in, Carter. Chris Carter played forever. And now these cats now are not playing. Now the game's faster. You know, it's like, well, they're not. You know, you're saying they're hitting harder. Well, believe it or not, the game is faster. There's better uh, training, there's better trainers, there's better nutrition, uh, how athletes handle their nutrition, less with the partying, all this kind of stuff. And. Athletes become faster, bigger, stronger, all that jazz. And the hitting becomes more intense. And maybe that's it. I don't know. I, I think it's a speed game now more than anything. As, oh, it is. As they go from college to pro, you see more of the spread offenses in college and these speed guys that are just running everywhere. I mean, they're outperforming guys like Andre Johnson who have lost a step or two. Absolutely. Who, you know, getting older. I agree with you. And also, if you look at, like, even from a high school perspective of recruiting into college, into college, kind of to your point, you look at, Athletes now, some of them, you know, back in the day, it was like not even that long ago, you recruited at a high school as a quarterback or running back or wide receiver. Now there's actually a position called athlete. Bingo. Okay, they called athlete. So if you're, you know, like uh, if you're a, a running back, you could take a, you know, a shotgun snap from a center and, and run an off tackle play or, or run a quick pitch or something like that. I'm just saying, like, so there's an athlete position in when you're getting recruited. You're basically a height, weight, speed specimen that That's the coaches it. can kind of mold. They're just going to put you and, you know, look at Jabrell Preppers, the guy that I've been putting over here from the University of Michigan. This Oof. kid's a stud, okay, from New Jersey and the place in Michigan. I think he's a sophomore or junior. This guy's in the running for the highs, but now I'm kind of segueing into college football, but it's okay. Because Jabrell, Jabrell, he might just leave the uh, college next year and definitely be in the NFL draft. But here's the thing. This kid is, he plays like six or seven different positions. He's unbelievable. He plays offense, defense. You know, he's, he's, he's playing linebacker. He's playing punt safety. Return. Punt return. You know, he's, he's, he's a running back. I mean, he's a, he's a slot back. He's everywhere. And he's dominant. And I kind of discovered him, let's be honest, because I talked about it before everybody. And you got hacked. I did. And my son smartened me up to him. My son's the guy who actually discovered him. And then I hacked it for my kid. So that's got to happen because nobody knew Jabral Preppers before I talked about it. <laughs> Let's be honest. Nobody knew the kid. But I'm just saying, like, that's to the point, like, Rob, what you're saying, and and the, that's the whole thing. It's about athletes now. So maybe some of these wide receivers, you know, they're just uh, like an Andre Johnson. Maybe the game is just really speeding up for him, or maybe he's banged up more. And I, I just think, like, years ago, and also guys stayed on one team for a long time. Right. No free agency, the money gimmick, you know. I was a big mark for Jack Lambert, a great linebacker from the Steelers. Played with the Steelers his whole career. 
Even Jerry Rice went to uh, the Seahawks and Raiders at the end of his career, That's as right. we all know him as a Niner, but, and he went to two other teams. Well, same thing with Montana, right? He left the 49ers Chief, and went to the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. But they, they don't stay, right? It's like the, kind of the end of the day. We saw it with Emmett the Jets. Smith. Emmett, Emmett Smith, Smith went to Arizona. The Brett Favre, he, came, he, right. he kind of bounced around a little bit at the end of his Dinner, career. Right. Jets, Vikings. Right. Art right. Monk ended up on the Jets? Uh, was he on Washington for a long time? He was Washington for years, yeah, a wide receiver. Yeah, he ended up on the Jets for That's number 25, Rob one year. Where'd he go after the Redskins? I think he was on the Jets for a year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that for some reason. Same thing with Ronnie Lott, too, right? Yeah, oh. Ronnie Lott was definitely a Jet. Yo, Ronnie Lott was the man. Oof. That was one of the hardest-hitting D-backs ever. Oof. He was legit. Uh, just Beast Mode Jones. I mean, that that's another Twitter. You know, you, <laughs> you know he cut off uh, half his finger to play a game. He did? Yeah. yeah he oh, yeah, he did. He yeah. did. I did that yesterday to do the show. I cut a part of my esophagus out because I had a little bit of a sore throat, so I had to do the show. I went in with a scalpel right before the show. I, say, yeah. I think Marshawn Lynch might have taken Beast Mode Jones. Yeah. Oof. Oh, that's yeah, true. He's the Beast <laughs> Mode. Sponsored by Skittles. He's the Beast Mode. <laughs> Skittles, he's the Beast Mode. Yeah. All right, so now we'll uncomfortable segue into some wrestling talk. And also, uh, we have a lot of people calling the show, so I'll get to some of you guys in a little bit. Uh, I could potentially attack one of you on the phone, so just please be careful <laughs> because I'm really kind of, I'm raging like a pack of hemorrhoids. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just have kind of, I go through these moments. I hate everyone. I mean, and it happens. It just happens. And it's like, oh, that happened at the meeting. Did something happen? Oh, my God, did they cancel the Taz show? No. No, no one cancels the Taz show. If the Taz show's canceled, it's because I cancel it. Me. Hey, do you know Taz, by the way? And that might be what happened. I might just stop showing up here. Sick everybody. Sick. Tired of being nice. That's the uh, that's the problem, bro. I've been too nice. I'm telling you. That's the problem. That's, bro, I've been. And Handsome Johnny pissed me off too yesterday. <laughs> he pissed me off in wow. this freaking studio. Tom, you saw it. Yeah. He burned my ass. He burned my ass. Slamming bods and beyond. He did. And it's not funny. It's not. What are you looking at, Rob? Better watch yourself. Rub dirt in my ass, Nick. Trying to get myself together here. I have a show to do. That's why it's hard when you do a daily show and you're in a bad mood. You hear everything. You got to be here. You got to be on, Taz. Make sure you're entertaining. Smile for the camera. Smile for the camera. Taz, have you been on? Yeah, on. I'm, I show up, mother effer. That means I'm on. This is not WFAN with all the fancy radio sports guys. Boomer Esiason with his 9,000 CBS shows. Robbie, you go back to FAN, okay? You, you go. When are you going in next? And we'd like to welcome in our first call, Joey from Passaic. Joey, you're on the <laughs> when, fan. <laughs> when are you going to FAN? I have a message for everyone there. I'm going tomorrow. Good. You do this for me. You walk into Mr. Chernoff's office, the big boss, the PD. Well, I don't know if he's going to be there because his son is the general manager of the Indians. I so know. Mike Chernoff is the... Don't try to educate me. I know everything. I'm going to listen and learn now. No, you're going to... You don't have the ability to listen because you have a big mouth. Now, listen to me, sir. Please go to FAN tomorrow. and You tell them that I said they should change the name to that whole network, to the Boomer Esiason Network. Everything. He's everywhere, and I love Boomer. And you know what, Video Brian? I know you're in the control room panicking because that's your next meal ticket, Boomer Esiason. Captain, please tell him what I'm talking about here. He's always chasing the. Well, Video Brian works with Boomer on Wednesdays. Yeah. So the Boomer Esiason Network, the Ben, as you can call it for sure. That's not bad, actually. The Ben. <laughs> there you go. I actually like that. Listen, the Boomer's great. He's a very talented man. He's a good guy. He's my friend. But that doesn't mean I'm not angry. 
one is susceptible to this. Susceptible? Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes. So apparently the Tennessee court ruled yesterday that TNA is free to run their business without Billy Corrigan's interrupt or approval. Mr. Corrigan's loan must be paid back today, November 1st, 2016. Anthem Media has already stated they will repay the loan. If the loan is not repaid by today, Mr. Corrigan Billy, Smashing Pumpkin Jones, could turn that debt into 36% ownership of Impact Ventures, which is TNA, basically. Now, Cap, I know you've done some research on this. I know Mike Johnson has done a lot of research. We'll have Mike on a little bit. What else you got? Uh, aside from that, assuming the loan gets repaid. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Cough button, Jones. Anthem Media is expected to end up becoming majority owner of TNA. Which is the fight network. Yes. Basically, yeah. So they could. They'd end up with something like 85%, I think, of the company. Mm-mm-mm. Something along those lines. So, and Corrigan can still move forward with the lawsuit against TNA over additional wrongdoing that Corrigan alleges. Yeah, that's, uh, the all this is, isn't is done yet. What was ruled was about the injunction Corrigan had f- attempted to file. And that, the, the courts the shot court that down. No, yeah. yeah, Corrigan basically didn't want TNA to do anything without him. And in kind of a related story, for sure, uh, Maria, Maria Canales, can I always say her name, or Canales, Canales? Canales. She's, I believe, a Greek person like yourself. Yes. Okay, Captain, you don't have to smile like <laughs> she's a married woman, I believe. You know, you're acting like oh, she's Greek and she's pretty, so why I'm not? I'm the tablets. I mean, really, like all of a sudden you're like Mr. Suave Greek. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, Mr. Su- you're like, yes, Maria is the, a Greek the, person. The first and last person to ever uh, describe me as Suave. <laughs> suave. So in, in kind of a related story, Maria tweeted that, and she works for TNA, that she will be leaving wrestling soon. And I think we have a, a tweet, her tweet on a screenshot here says, news, any news doesn't ever tell the whole story. It will be an interesting couple of months. What I know is I am leaving wrestling soon. Wow. <laughs> so apparently uh, Maria is currently enrolled in college, and she expects to complete her bachelor degree in May. So good for her. I mean, I think Maria is also planning on pursuing a master's degree after it, too. Yeah, I should do that. I was thinking of doing the master's degree thing. You should. Do it. Yeah, I know. Johnny got one. You had to say that. Slamming bods and beyond. I don't want to hear his name today. I don't. Was that the point of contention yesterday, the master's degree? <laughs> okay, no. No, nosy. Okay, no. No, you don't even know what you're talking about. You weren't here. Don't act like you own the show. You don't even have the job yet. Buy a hat. Tired of this with everybody here. I'm going to kick your ass. Everybody, God, but it's just getting on my nerves. Look, Tom, you've dealt with this. Yes. We don't know why it happens. Not really. <laughs> we really don't know why, but it happens. And it, the best thing is to do what Tom does and just stay away. That's what he does. So basically, uh, Maria, and now that's kind of you know pretty big news that she's going to leave. I mean, she's had a lot of success. You know, in Ring of Honor, along with in uh, WWE before that, I got to meet her, know her a little bit, just not just meet her in WWE uh, what, when I was leaving, and, and I think she kind of left a little bit after that. I can't recall, but very nice person, um, very talented girl. So uh, it's good for her that she's going to extend her education. That's more important than the business, to be honest with you, if that's something she really wants to do. Uh, now, Austin Aries, okay. Well, right before we get to that, don't what? forget uh, Challenge TV. 
Oh, I did. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. See, that's a good job, Captain. Normally, I would get very angry at you for interrupting me. Because I have a bug up my ass sometimes. <laughs> yeah. but hey, uh, you know Taz, by I, the way. I would like to say that, that you, uh, you know. That you you did a good job there, and I was I was caught this earlier, and I want to thank I want to thank um, Chris Walsh here at, on Twitter, and another gentleman, Cal Williams, uh, and I and I was checking this out, and also I heard scuttlebutt yesterday, and I didn't know how true it was, but Challenge TV, okay, that's the home for a god a few years, I believe, I don't know how long, in the UK for TNA, and basically this is the tweet. Now I'll read. It. I don't know if we have a, we have this on the screen. We do have it on the screen. As of January 2017, Challenge will no longer be the home of TNA in the UK. For more information, please click here, and there's a link. Uh, so you can follow them at Challenge TV if you want to read that, or if, you don't have to because I just read it to you. But if you want to read more on the story, you could go click their link. That's heavy right there because they've had great relations with Challenge. And I know even when I was there, they were with Challenge. So um, that was an awesome, awesome TV partner. I mean, things are really just... It's like it's just collapsed city, man. It's bad. But I feel for the talent. I feel for the wrestlers. That indecisiveness, you know, not not knowing what the hell is going on, or, or just realizing that you're on a sinking ship potentially. And I don't want to see anyone lose their gig. I don't want to see anyone hurt hurt their careers because of when it's not their own fault. You can't blame the wrestlers. You can't blame the writers because there's nothing wrong with the creative. There's nothing wrong with production. There's nothing wrong with the talent roster at all. The problem with TNA, and when I was there, it was just so obvious for me early on, the first issue was the brand awareness. Okay, People were not familiar with the brand and i'm like look at our roster when i was i know when i was there, i was like look at how good these guys are guys like samoa joe and aj styles and bobby Roode. you know i mean god the the the, the, the list goes on and on i mean the dudleys i mean it was, it was i mean i missed a billion guys the whole x division um kurt angle kurt angle thank you i mean that was just when i went in there too we had booker t we had kurt sting we had was there for a while sting too. sting scott steiner jeff hardy coming i mean just like tommy uh tommy oh who a tommy dreamer who oh <laughs> <laughs> well tommy worked yeah but he was also behind the scenes too but yeah i mean i never looked at tommy as a talent there you know but he he, he i was i'm teasing about the who I kind of did the new day thing. Who, 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 who? Yeah. So, so. Um, but I'm just saying, like the the amount of talent that was there mm-hmm. in TNA was. Uh, I was like, wow. Why are we like just not exploding here? You know, the production was real good. Um, everything. You know, there was so many good things, and it just each month that went by and months and months and months it kind of just went lower and lower and lower and and you know and the brand awareness and all this stuff it just was like it just was it, it was the structure it was the business structure that was not strong and it was and and quite frankly it started at the head you know that's dixie you know and it just it, it was you could sense right away there weren't wrestling people running or anybody with any wrestling experience because this was why i went in there jeff jarrett had just left so Jeff, obviously, you know, <laughs> you know his whole family from the business, and Jeff is without a shadow of a doubt a wrestling guy, you know, uh, from a promotion and obviously a, a performing standpoint. But 
So when Jeff kind of, when I came in, Jeff was segueing out and it was just full blown with, with Dixie and, and company and Russo was the writer of it. And, and, and I thought Russo was doing a pretty good job with the writing. So I had no problem with that either. I mean, but, but man, you could just sense how things were over. When I was there after like six, seven months, like, wow, this thing's really kind of strange. And it just got worse and worse. Well, why didn't you leave? Oh, because I was happy. I actually liked working there. I liked everyone in the company. I had fun going to work. I had fun going to Universal and doing these TVs. I loved working with Mike Tanay. I It was so easy to call these matches because the talent was so damn good. I, I was doing stuff in Nashville, voiceover stuff at the studios, and everybody in production were great people. I, I had a I had a great rapport with everyone. All the writers from, from Matt Conway, Dave Lagana, Lagana, Vince Russo. Terry Taylor was there running talent, and Terry left, and that I can't remember who came in after Terry. It might have been Bruce. I can't recall. And then Eric Bischoff and Hope came in. I got along great with them. I, I, I had no problem with anybody. I was having fun. But it was just, it was, it was just, um, it was just uh, that you could, when you worked there, we all sensed it. I mean, I talked to Hulk about it. I mean, I was eating sushi in Orlando with Hulk, talking to him about it, you know, years ago when we were there together. It was like, it was just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like a, just something just, just not right. You know, and it started at the head. I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it. I mean, I, I appreciate and I love Dixie's passion to, for the business because she has it and, and she believes in it. And she's obviously invested and unfortunately her and her family lost a lot of money. But, you know, it was just very, very frustrating because we had all of the elements and they still do. But now it's just, you know, it's just a structure. It's just it's it's it seems really bad, you know. I do feel for the talent and the production crew, and I'm sure they're all trying to just get off that ship, and you can't blame them. I got to go to break here. All of a sudden, break. I'll get into talking about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. I know the phone lines are truly jamming here. I will get to some of these phone calls. Uh, got to go to break. Raw talk on the other side. Be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're back here, Taz Show, Tuesday edition. Going to talk Monday Night Raw here in a little bit. And uh, we also got the uh, PW Insider Report with Mike Johnson at the top of the hour. Going to get Mike, like I said, he's been doing a lot of detail work on this whole uh, stuff going on with TNA and this lawsuit with Billy Corgan. So I talked about it in the first segment there, but I want to get Full Bolt Jones from... Um, from Mike Johnson. He's a roving reporter who does uh, uh, a great job. So uh, let me get a, a call here or two. Hey, uh, Holly from Michigan, you are on the Taz Show. What's going on, dude? Not much, you. Good. Talk to me. What's up? Hey, you do have a master's degree in suplexing people. You're damn right I do, okay? You should suplex uh, Robbie the Viking over there. Yeah, well... <laughs> I can, you know, he's a he's a large man, but I've suplexed guys a lot bigger than him, so I'm not really intimidated. So that, I'm good. Now, aren't you mad that Brock Lesnar's doing the whole suplex city when you are the human suplex machine? No, I'm not. No, Brock's my friend, and I respect Brock, and he's oh. a big stud at the University of uh, Minnesota, and he's a he was a former UFC champion. I'm not. Right. I respect Brock. No, it's all good, dude. Uh, I mean, he's uh, making money with it. It's okay. What do you want to talk uh, about? Uh, this- um, Bill Goldberg, man, Jack Hammer, and uh, Rusev. Yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was all right. Cool. I mean, I felt bad in the sense that they had no, Ru- I did it. No, hold on now. That they had Rusev as a sacrificial lamb. That's not yeah. good. But the Jack Hammer was cool. But I'm just saying, I'll get into the whole Rusev thing. But yeah, I mean, uh, 
Definitely was uh, was definitely an impactful moment right there. Thanks for calling, Holly, from Michigan. I appreciate it. You know, that's the only you got to be careful of. You know I mean? That, that happened in the first segment of the show. I mean, they kicked it off with Goldberg. I thought that was cool. Whenever I hear his music, I, I'm, my brain, like a lot of you guys as fans, that's ingrained to think of I'm watching Mon- Monday Nitro. You know? It's just when you hear that, it's just like, but that's good. That was good book uh, branding by Eric Bischoff and the whole crew at WCW. And that's when you know someone or something is over. You know, when years later you hear the music and you still think of that. You know, and if you think of his music, it was such a powerful instrumental. Something like that. But uh, yeah. You so, got it. Yeah, I got it. You, you still got it. You damn right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, you know, but you know what? But it's kind of like a powerful, it's not a rock and roll, like guitar singing crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nothing like that. You they know tried I mean? that with Goldberg. It didn't yeah, yeah, work no, too well. But though. this is better. It was powerful. Yeah. But it sticks. It's stuck. And, you know, it brings you back to the to those the, that those attitude years, you know. And mm-hmm. he comes out. You know what I mean? And, and gets in the ring, and next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. I think someone kind of said this would happen on the show yesterday. I'm just saying. But Paul Heyman came out. So, uh, you know, and I think the timing was perfect because Goldberg was just about to get in his promo there in Hartford, and then Paul came out. And 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 there's it was cool. Paul's promo was cool, and Paul really, he said it at the end. He hooked everyone. He teased that Brock was there. He said he got everybody in the building. He got Bill Goldberg. He did. He did. He got everyone home. He did, including me. Um, <laughs> he got me. He did. Uh, I have to admit, I was hooked. Uh, you know, hook, line, and sinker. I, once I saw that he wasn't coming right out, I'm like, ah, I knew it. And then they, you could see Paul in the background making a face, uh, that devilish grin. So uh, I got it. I, I figured out quick that it was a work city Jones, but um, it still was good. That's something Paul would do. I mean, and... and because he's a quasi babyface, Paul. So to get the people to, you know, be pissed off, that's what you do. That right there, just so you guys understand, you know what that's all about. That is designed for boys and girls. It's time to gather around the learning tree with your kind and caring teacher, Taz. He's always so angry. He yells at everyone. Why? He's sharing his one of a kind insider perspective of professional wrestling. It's all about me. It's me. 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 It's the learning tree with Taz. The minor issue they could have is Goldberg isn't the pure babyface in this contest. Because Lesnar is a, a heel, but that's a babyface, right? People like him. So this is a good way to get some heat on Paul and Brock by doing something as small as they did with acting like Brock is there via Paul, but Paul BSed it and he's not there. It pissed people off. It pissed people off at home. And then the heel, Heyman, who knows how to be not just a good heel, a great heel, he tells you he pissed you off and he got you. The viewers at home, not only the folks in the building. So, And what that does is that makes you, in your brain, lean towards the guy who's supposed to be the babyface even more in Bill Goldberg. So it's a subtle little thing that's been done for years that works. And I just wanted to bring that out as an LT moment. You know, it kind of, because you have, like I said, two dudes like Paul and Brock that could be babyfaces anytime they want. Same issue they have with Jericho. Jericho turned to people again last night as, as a heel. He had them with the whole drink it in, but he didn't say drink it in thing. But later on, I'll talk about that. But 
and then he turned back he, he turned heel again with them. You got to be careful when you're a babyface that's supposed to be a heel. When you're too cool for school, Jones, you know people like you. You know, so you know, that's you got to be careful. But Paul knows that. Paul, you know, he knows how to be a heel, no doubt. And that helped Bill Goldberg more than you all realized that helped Bill Goldberg. That little tease gimmick. And remember, there were reports that last week it was like, oh, Paul got lost in his promo, all this stuff. You know, when, when Goldberg and all that stuff, I'm sorry, with Brock, when he was in the ring with Brock, Paul, uh, and people were chanting Goldberg, Goldberg. Look it, the WWE, they want people chanting Goldberg. Okay, and, and, and to, to galvanize my point, Stephanie McMahon did it backstage. I think she was with Mick, I believe. Who was Correct, she yes, she was with Mick. Yeah, so when she's doing it backstage the way she did it, she's pandering. She's getting you to do it. And it's it, they're controlling you. <laughs> but that's what they should do, meaning the company, the creative. So they want you chanting Goldberg. So I, I don't think the people chanting Goldberg last week threw Heyman off. I don't think that was it at all. They want that. They want Bill as a babyface. Babyface Bill. That's a good name. Babyface Bill Jones. There's another Twitter account that's being started <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. So I, I did like the tease a lot, and, and that Heyman even pointed out that he got everybody. He worked everyone. I like that. Now, what did surprise me was when the Rusev came out. Now, I was surprised, and he cut a promo on Bill, Bill Goldberg, which I thought was pretty good. Um, but he's got to be careful of Rusev. He goes in and out of the, uh, the accent. You know, that's a little rough sometimes. It's a little bit like, oh, come on, bro. Look, either you're going to do it or you're not. I know it's hard, you know, but still. And, I, you know, as soon as he came out, for me, I knew right away. I'm like, oh, boy. Homeboy's getting jackhammered. You know, and sure enough, he did, and he was a sacrificial lamb, which I don't, I'm not a fan of the younger current stars that are working house shows for you being sacrificial lambs. I'm not a fan of that. We've seen it happen before. You know, I, I've been part of it on the pause event. I've done it to people in ECW, but, I, you know, it's tough. It's tough in this day and age where things are oversaturated in the business. you got to protect the guys that you're trying to make, and doing that to Rusev doesn't really protect him. It, it, he was a sacrificial lamb. He was. They did the same thing with uh, Rusev at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, that's right. I think I remember you talking about the same. The thing I liked that they did do that I never expected was the spear on Heyman. Okay, that I didn't expect. Okay, that 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 was you know I think that was good good business. I was not crazy about the the camera angle. I was not crazy about that at all. And I don't think Kevin Dunn was. That's why I replayed it from a different camera angle. I wasn't crazy about the initial camera angle. It was tough to see. Um, I, I, I got to be honest with you. Now, this is almost like another LT moment, and I'll get to you guys on the phone. Just hang. You know, I'm going to tell you straight up, okay? Now, this is this is like, this is nub-worthy here, okay? This is important, right? So, <sighs> pretend I hit the, the, the LT learning tree gimmick because I don't want to play it again. I don't want to hear it. No! Sorry. So, um, two things... I, I'm going to mention Nia Jax, like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm going to mention Paul Heyman and Bill Goldberg. And no one's going to have any clue what I'm talking about. There's something I think I caught in the Nia Jax match. Okay. But I don't know if it's what you're going to bring up. Give me a hint. What part of the match was it? The end. You learned. Yes. You and I was the, thinking you while the I was man. watching you learned. this. Good job. I learned this from Taz. I caught that. I thought to myself, what the? Aha. Uh -huh. Good job. The Viking has no idea what you're talking about. Honestly, he's the best policy Viking. Honestly. <laughs> I don't know, so I'm willing to sit under the learning tree and listen to the two of you. <laughs> no! So here you go, okay? 
Captain, I'm so impressed. Now I'm starting to think you're going to go off and do your own show. <laughs> Pro wrestling by the captain. So, so here's the thing. Bill Goldberg, Paul Heyman, Nia Jax. They have nothing in common. Uh-huh. They don't. You're right. But last night they did. Because one group did something right. The other did not. What are you talking about? I'm going to tell you. Paul Heyman and Bill Goldberg, the spear spot. I just said I did not like the camera angle. Well, what happened, in my professional opinion, Paul, I don't think Paul was out of position. Paul went to go and check on the fallen Rusev. Goldberg was standing with his body facing the hard, the ba- his back facing the hard camera. Boom! Goes in and does the spear. Not the best angle to do that spear. I think I wasn't there. I'm sure when they walked through this, they wanted to have Bill... It'd be a hard camera shot where Bill comes from the left of the hard camera where you see him coming across screen, hitting the spear on Paul Heyman. That didn't happen. <clears throat> Why? Because when a jackhammer happened and then Bill Goldberg did his, rah, his pandering to the hard camera, I don't think he positioned himself quick enough to the side he was supposed to be to get the right camera angle. I hope you guys are following me here. Mm-hmm. Because I could see it all. It's hard to explain sometimes without using the visual. What's that to do with Nia Jax? I'll tell you. You fast forward towards that, that Nia Jax match against Bailey. When Nia Jax hit whatever her finish was. I think she hit her with a Samoan drop. I think that's how Whatever it was. It was Samoan drop. She hit her finish and she went for a pin cover to, for the victory. As she goes for the pin cover victory, she realized <clears throat> her backside, her, her back of her body was facing the hard camera, which is a no-no. No. So what she did was she spun around. She stood up and spun around. Stop. Okay, don't talk, Rob. Please pay attention. Don't go, oh, ooh, wow, ooh, ee, ah, ah, ooh. Oh. Wait for it. Wait for it, my son. Drink it in, man. <laughs> Drink it in. Drink it in. Listen, you don't do what she did. You do what Bill Goldberg did. You work in a position you're working, and you rely on all those 7,000 cameras to pick it up. And if you're going to catch any heat from the from Vince or, or anyone backstage, you eat the heat, and the heat goes on the director and the cameras. Mm-hmm. they got to work around you. You don't work around them. You should try to work around them, and you, you play the right way to the hard camera. But what Naya did is a, just a full-blown inexperienced thing. She realized while she went for the cover that she was in the wrong position, and then she changed on live TV <laughs> in front of all these people. I was almost expecting her to wink at the camera. Too. It was, like, exactly. <laughs> it was really bad, and I felt bad for her because it's just it's total inexperience, and that shows she's not ready for that level. And you noticed it immediately when in, she did it? Instantly. Instantly. I mean, instantly. So, you know, I've done that, but on a lot lower level, not by the time I got to ECW or WWE. I did it working for small indies that were shooting TV, you know, years ago. You know, that's where you make those mistakes. But you don't. You don't do what she did. You do what Goldberg did. Goldberg ended up by that hard camera, but his back there after he did his, uh, that thing, and he wasn't going to position it. He didn't feel it. It didn't feel right. That's the effing difference. That's what I talked about a couple weeks ago with the, the talent today compared to guys from a few years ago. The guys and girls from a few years ago felt the moment. They didn't go by the book and the script. Wrestling is 
slowly a little bit becoming paint by number Jones. It's got to be instinctual. It's got to be a feel. It's in. The, it's a physical movie. It's it's a feel that you got to have in that ring. Uh, the play that camera. Don't go. No, shut up. Work around me, bitch. Okay, I'm the guy bumping, and this is the guy selling and bumping for me. You play around me. I'm not playing around you. And that's what Goldberg did with Heyman. They played around him. They had no choice. But Naya, no. She's inexperienced. I'm not knocking her. I'm pointing out something that she did that was very bad. And Captain's never been in the ring, and I've talked about this before. Was it what, Naya in the past I talked about this with? I think so. There might have been one other time. With somebody else, and yeah. and you obviously, and you know, you paid attention. This is great. This is great. I feel like you're going off into the world, knowing this. This makes me feel a good. smarter man. It's like a mom who has her cubs, <laughs> a mom bear. Is a female bear a mom bear, or is it a female bear mom? What what is it? Is a, a mama bear. Mama bear. <laughs> a mama bear. And you're like a little baby cub, and now you're gonna go off into the world. And I prepared him to fish and hunt. And killed small animals. No offense. Sounds to, about right. No offense to small animals, but I'm just saying. You gotta eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta eat. That's all I'm saying. Hey, uh, Mike in Seattle, uh, you are on uh, the Taz Show. Hey, Taz, how's it going, my man? Hey, Mike, what are you doing, bro? What are you, what are you robbing a bank? What's going on, buddy? What is, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh, I yeah. wish. <laughs> what's up, man? And then I uh, wanted to call in. Uh, I, I, I decided to change my question. I had a question for you. I've been watching these videos all night. Oh, yeah? Uh, everybody's got a funny Iron Sheik story. You got a good Iron Sheik story? I do, but I can't say it on the air. Um, that's, oh. uh, that's, that's, uh, that's true. I, I do. I have a very funny. I just can't say it. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I was on a show with him. I was on a version? show with him. I was on a show with him years ago. Not, not. It was for uh, some smaller. This was like right before I went to ECW, and we were up in. We were working up somewhere in Vermont. And it was freezing out, and we were working in some high school gym wrestling, you know, and, and did a show, and then. He went, like, it was right in a residential area. It was a high school. So we got done. They broke the ring down. We were getting ready to leave. It was probably like, I don't know, 1130 at night. And let's just put it this way. Uh, he was in the mood to get the munchies. So he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he started. Medicine. Yeah, yeah. He started. He, bro, bro, he started knocking on people's doors. He went house <laughs> to house in the middle of the night. Right in this on a Friday night in this residential area, hey, you got yeah. I don't want to just say I don't want to get into detail, but yeah, yeah, he's he's hysterical. This hard, brother. Yeah, I yeah I can't get into detail, but yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, he's special. What I else? Is, I, what else? What else you want to talk about? You have a question? What's your question? Oh, what's going? I wanted to ask you one thing. I saw this thing. Uh, I saw the Razor Ramon uh, DVD last night. Yeah. And he was talking about. I got my first pair of boots from Dusty Rhodes. Oh wow. And he was talking about they cost like six hundred fifty bucks right. in like the eighties. Yeah. And I was wondering how does that work with like the wrestling shoes? Because like some people say like you know what I mean they're like platform shoes mm. and like they lift you up and make you taller. Yeah. And then some people bring up like 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 you know what I mean like I don't know how like an AJ Styles could do that. And like high yield shoes, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, I don't like know about, about wrestlers wearing pumps. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but I hate to say, no, I can explain that to you, bro. I, I can. Exp- yeah. You're asking me like how, like, how does that happen with the with the soles of the boots and, and all that? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. They use like uh, military boots. You know what I right. mean? Okay, I'll explain those, that all to you right now. Like hundred bucks. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe because, see, Mike, here's the thing, and thank you for calling, buddy, and I'll explain it to you. Okay, get some sleep, son. You sound a little kind of strung out, but I, I digress. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. You have options, you know, with, with boots. You know, you could do you could do whatever you want to do. I mean, whatever you feel creatively you want to do. That's number one. So there are, I mean, companies that make boots just for professional wrestling. Okay, and I used to get my. There were two places when I was in the United States that we would use. There was a place in uh, da, 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 in Arkansas, and the place I used to get my boots was in Houston. Okay, a guy named Cliff Machias. And he used to, you know, he made boots for a lot of guys, from Ric Flair to um, trying to do girls. I think he might have started wearing, uh, making a razor's boots. Uh, I made my boots. There were a lot of guys who used his boots. I could tell the difference from it was either him or a company at the one in Arkansas. Was it Arkansas? It was called BA Boots. Maybe you could BA. Uh, God, I think it was in Arkansas because I'm getting confused with K&H Wrestling. They used to make the tights. And they might have been in Arkansas. No, they were in Ohio. K&H Trussell was in Ohio. Yeah, B.A. Boot was in Arkansas. Triple check me on the GTS, please. But here's the thing. You could get your boots any height you want. There's no lifts in the boots unless you want them in the boots. Did B.A. stand for Bill Ash? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's oh. out of Arkansas from what ah, I'm Look at this guy. Unbelievable. My memory's still there. Freaking 70 years later. Yeah, Bill Ash. I used to get my boots from Mr. Ash. Ash. But then I went to Cliff Machias. Uh, in uh, Houston, um, he, I just I, I, he made a little bit of a lighter boot. Uh, Bill Ash, uh, and still I could look at boots and tell you who has what boots. And there might be newer guys now, but those two companies, there's a certain way you could tell by the, the toe of the boot. The, they both had their signature way. Where Bill Ash had like more of one piece that would cover almost the whole toe, like almost towards the side of each part of your pinky toe and your big toe. Where Machias had like more of a circle. Any go look at pictures of Ric Flair when he wrestled. Look at his boots. He wore Cliff Machias boots. Um, you know, he had all different colors, Rick. So mine were usually just black boots or black and orange boots. But uh, he made great boots down there in Houston. But so did, so did Bill Ash. They both did. But just that Machias made like a lighter boot. So it depends who you are. A lot of bigger dudes didn't care about the light. I wanted a lighter boot. I wanted something I could move quicker in the ring with. Um, th- like I said about to, to, to Mike's question from Seattle. You know, you don't need you. Don't, some guys wanted a lift. If you want a lift in your boot, you can do that. It's called a wedge sole. Okay, so the sole, the back where the heel is, <clears throat> you tell them what height you want. So if you want to look taller, you get a bigger one. There's also lifts they can put in the boot that are removable. I knew guys that wanted to be taller, they would take the lifts out of their boots and put them in their sneakers, so they always look the same height. Uh, I I did not mess with lifts. There are some guys that are still on TV in the WWE for my generation that, that uh, wore and still wear lifts. But I digress. I will not be a stooge. But I will tell you this much. Um, you can design the wedge sole and the whole boot, the leather, everything, any way you want. 650 bucks. I'm not surprised. The wrestling boots are extremely expensive. Hey, you want a high? I had good calves. I had big calves, right? Nice, strong calf. So I went with lower boots. I wanted that lower boot, black boot. Uh, you know that kind of a uh, old school throwback look. So that's what I went with. So you could you could get the back of the, the, the you could get it custom straight. You would send a drawing. There was no internet. You'd send a drawing and mail it to the guy. How long would it take them to make a so, like if you if you called them and said I need this custom pair? Like how long would it? How long would the turnaround? Four time? weeks, somewhere in that world. Three four weeks, something like that. Um, and then Mysterio, I know he had a hookup 
with somebody in Mexico that were making boots cheap and quick, but it was like, it was hard to, you know, and it's like, you know, it, there was no cell phones and internet. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you always tried to find, like, a good place to get your, your gear. You know, that wasn't, because you weren't making a lot of money. So you want to get someone that wasn't expected. The boots were important because they protect your ankle, protect your feet. And they were always expensive. And you could customize any way you want, any color you want. And the options were either patent leather, which is shiny, or flat black. I used to, I had both. I had probably during my Taz years in ECW, I had about six pair of boots. And a lot of the boots were the same same look, design, but you go through them. You wear through the boots a lot. You know, the soles, you know, you wear through them. So the lift thing is up to you. You know, uh, you could go with a, you just look at the back of someone's boots. Now, the motorcycle boot thing, like he's talking about, a lot of guys used to get motorcycle boots and then bring them to a shoemaker and have them rip the sole off the boot and put a wedge sole. A wedge sole is something that's just flat. So because you need that on canvas, you need flat. Otherwise, your foot would get stuck and you could fall and look like an idiot. So there's your footwear information. I guess some people would find it interesting, right? I guess. I think we've got a new segment on our hands. Oh, really? Footwear Jones. Nice. Well done, <laughs> Captain. Hey, uh, Bob in Houston. Uh, yeah, you're on the Taz show. Hey, hey, how's it going there, Taz? Hey, what's up there, big Bob? Hey, how you doing? Well, yeah, man, all right. Uh, I'm on doing all right. Uh, I wanted to ask because uh, there's a lot of stuff all over the internet about a uh, page, and they're saying that she's getting fired from like WWE and getting yeah. suspended over and over. Yep. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I wanted to ask. It's like because I remember uh, back in the day, uh, Randy Orton when he got suspended, um, like they put everything that he was on and all the substances and everything. And, like, I'm wondering why, like, now with Roman Reigns and everybody else, they don't say, like, what they're suspended for. I don't know. There could be different legalese in a contract. It could be they don't want to get themselves sued. Uh, it could be all different reasons. You got to understand, these guys are independent. These guys and girls are independent contractors. They're not employees. So, I right. mean, but there's different language in the contract, number one. As far as Paige, you know, well, she was here just on the – she wasn't on my show, but Del Rio was. Uh, well, El Patron, uh, she was with him, and I talked to her off air, and she just seemed frustrated what was going on with WWE, and, and I know she just had, right, we just talked about it. she had her neck surgery and all that, right? That last week, I think The last was. week, so she's, hopefully she's recovering well. Bob, thank you for calling from Houston. So, I don't know, you know you, a lot of stuff you read online, you guys, please, I tell you all the time, please be careful and take that stuff with a grain of salt. Just because you read it on the internet or because, you know, you read it on some wrestling site or some Twitter page, Please, don't <laughs> don't think it's all true. And there's no qualifying situation here, or no like no one's nominating people to start credible wrestling Twitter handles or, or websites. My point is, you, you got to go with people that have been doing this for a long time, like PW Insider or Mike Johnson. You know, obviously uh, in California, Dave Meltzer. I would assume Dave. You know, he's been doing this a long time. I'm not saying Dave, you know, some things Dave has said has been wrong, but some things Mike Johnson and Dave Shearer say are wrong. Some things Wade Keller say is wrong. But those three people, at least for the most part, they, they those three brands, the, they've been around a long time. And they have legitimate sources. I, I, me, I obviously lean towards Mike Johnson and PW Insider because I, I, I know that they they are they are very 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 cautious on how they post things and what they post 
and they don't want to mislead people, and they don't lie, and they don't copy-paste Jones. So a lot of these, these and I'm going to go to break in a second, a lot of these, um, these wrestling outlets, these news sites, or, or Twitter handles, they're just copy-pasting what they're getting from some of the one of three or four credible sources. So why bother looking at that? Look at the credible source. You, you, you cut out the middleman. Save your time. Don't be a schmuck. Be smart. Slamming bods and beyond. Uh, we're going to go to break here, and then on the other side of break, uh, I'm going to get more deep into Raw and talk about the trick or street fight. Oh, God. No one cares. Be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Anyway, yeah, we're back here, Tasha. One hour down, one hour to go. My mood's starting to change a little bit. In a good way. Started off real bad. But uh, anyway, and speaking of bad, I got Mike Johnson, PW Inside Report. Not that he's bad. He's coming up shortly. That was a really bad way of words. Mike will be on here in a second. But I was checking this out during the break. Captain, you and I were talking about it a little bit, and uh, Robbie the Viking was talking about it also. That uh, over here in New York City, in Queens, at Aqueduct Racetrack, it's kind of where I grew up as a kid. Um, my father basically was always there, and I was there the whole summer, and that's not a joke. And uh, anyway, at Aqueduct Racetrack, they have casinos now, right? So it's like slot machines and all this stuff. And check this out, though. This lady hips, a lady from Queens, and I, and I have relatives in Queens, and I, I hopefully it's not someone I'm related to because I'll be really mad. Um, she hit for $43 million on a slot. And they pulled her off the floor and said, okay, yeah, come in the backstage, back, back room, Jones. All right, come back tomorrow for your winnings. Okay, great. The ladies all fired up. Ha, 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 ha. She shoves up the next day. Oh, by the way, there was a malfunction. You get zero. What? Yeah, they swerved City Jones her. And uh, holy lawsuit. That, she had screenshots of the, of the, the freaking slot machine. That sucks. That really sucks. That's a bad way to go into your day. Uh, you hit for forty-three million. Come back tomorrow and get it. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, you hit for nothing because uh, we had a malfunction. Okay, here we go. And a three, and a two, and a one. And now the PW Insider Report with Mike Johnson. We give Mike ten minutes. He gives us everything we need to know in the world of pro wrestling. It's been more like we give Mike twenty-five minutes. Uh, yeah, hey Mike, how are you? Good moment, Taz. How are you? Good moment, Big Mike Johnson. Uh, you know, listen, bro, I know there's a lot going on. I was looking at PW Inside. I noticed that around 7.20 a.m. you posted about the TNA uh, gimmick losing the U.K. Challenge TV. I talked about that earlier once it broke, too. Uh, that's. I know you're going to have some info on that, but I also wanted to, whatever else you want to talk about, you talk about what you want, but I wanted to, because I did this in segment one, talked about, obviously, the news with TNA and the lawsuit. Uh, Billy Corrigan and all that stuff. Maybe you could give us the, the whole skinny on all that, segueing into the Challenge TV. All right. So yesterday, the Chancery Court in Nashville ruled that Billy Corrigan's temporary restraining order had been dissolved and that they were declining the requested temporary injunction against TNA management and TNA itself. Basically, Corgan had argued that based on the pledge agreement that he and Dixie Carter had made when he lent TNA money in June, July, and August right. of this year, that 
Uh, it allowed him, if the company or Carter herself became insolvent, which to those of us who pay our bills on time means that we can no longer financially afford to pay our bills, yes. that he could gain control of the company's voting uh, of the managers, meaning that he could then lay claim and say to Dixie, nope, I have control of your 92.5% ownership, and I am pulling your people out and putting my people in. Mm. That's what he claimed. However, the judge stated that while the lawsuit can and still will go forward, Corgan's uh, attempt to get an injunction that would prevent TNA from having to do any business without his approval. Um, basically, what he was trying to do is get in charge of the company and until he was in charge of the company, they could not make any business decisions. They could not sell anything. They could not enter into any new contracts without going to him and getting his approval. Mm. That's what he was trying to get. That's not what he got. Right. Um, so, okay, the reason for this is almost insane, as, as, as most things with TNA are, as the UK TV situation is, which we'll talk about that in a second. So the judge argue, the judges decided that because... Corgan knew that TNA was not in a good financial place when he began investing, and indeed, that is why he began investing. It is impossible, based on the language of the agreement that he and Carter both signed, to prove that the company is in a worse off position than where they started. So basically, he can't prove that the company was insolvent because it really was already insolvent. Oh, man. Jeez. So what, what, what happens now? I mean, because it's not over yet, right? I mean, what, what No, happens? it's not over yeah. yet. The, the lawsuit itself can move forward. Um, today is November 1st. Based on the language in the agreement that Corgan and Carter signed, he has to be paid the money back that he put into this company right. today. Now, that's going to happen. Based on court records, based on what was stated in open court last week, that's $1.8 million. Now, one of the things Corgan was fighting for was that if the company was sold or if there was a major transaction involving the company's corporate structure, he was also due an additional, as they described it, a corporate transaction fee. I know this is boring to everybody. I'm sorry. So what that meant is that if there was any major money that came into the company or the company was sold, Corgan then got 50% of his of his uh, his investment, which based on the $1.8 million figure meant that he was also looking to get an additional $900,000. Wow. Chump change for people like us, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah no, I um, So uh, the, the court ruled yesterday that that transaction, even if TNA has had conversations with other people, has not happened. Therefore, Corgan is not due that money. What is likely to happen now is, since Anthem Media, which is the company that owns the Fight Network up in Canada, has already stated on the record, both in a public statement and in court, that they are willing to fund the money to give Corgan back the $1.8 million. Uh, they will take that money and attempt to buy Corgan out because as of this morning and until the point that Corgan has the money in his hands, he can take that amount that he's put in and said, guess what, Dixie? I am giving you official notice that I'm converting what I'm owed into 36% ownership of the company, right. at which point he would really screw up whatever plans they have because now not only would he be owed money, but he would certainly have a lot of a lot of power within the company. Well, what, what is he – what is he – was that your dishwasher? I mean, what's going on here? Uh, you got you got a, a garbage disposal going on, Mike? What, what is the story with no, the noise? Well, I don't. I heard some no crazy noise. noise. I think like a, a robot in your house or something. I don't know what's going on, bro. I mean, it's a noise. I didn't hear anything over and, here. And I don't know. And, and my... it's unprofessional. I mean, I don't know what you're doing or what kind of objects you have running around your house and what's going on. But please, not while we're on the air, okay? So, so now, okay. So, 
<laughs> now, let me ask you this, dude. What what exactly is Billy trying to do? He obviously wants to run TNA and rebrand it and make it his own. Is Now, he had his own wrestling company, a smaller company back in the day, as we discussed, and you know. But <clears throat> what is his... What is his main goal here? I don't know if it's just if it's money. I think it's more he just wants Dixie out and Surge out and Dean out and wants full gimmick Jones, right? Is that what he wants here? Yeah, he want he wanted complete control of the company. One of the things that he had uh, that have been obvious is that the other owners of the company, Arrow Locks and Anthem and everybody, tried to work with him, and he basically wanted nothing to do with that. He wanted complete 100% control, and he wanted to run the company the way he saw fit, and obviously that is not going to happen, which begs to ask the question of, does this mean Billy Corgan is going to try and open up his own wrestling promotion and do it from scratch? Because one of the, you know, if he wanted this company, he had a vision or he had an idea, and I, you know, one of the most important assets of TNA right now would be the video library, would be the idea that they have television deals, although today they have one less, right. and right. would be that they have the continuity and arguably some sort of fan base that would want to continue to follow uh, along the company. Well, it's a lot I, easier. It's a, right. It's a lot easier because there's a body there. There's a full yeah. structure. There's, a, there's le- a legacy there, no matter if you like it or not. And there's a lot of history there. Even if he rebranded it and changed the name, it's a lot easier to do that than start from scratch and try and get talent, try and get the right production people, try and do all that, try and get a TV deal. It's hard. It's very, very, very hard, no matter how much money you have. It's very hard to do. Yeah, and so he was looking at you know starting something that was already in existence or starting something from scratch, I suppose. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if and when he gets his money and what his next move is. You know, there's all there's already been a lot of people internally talking about what's going to happen once uh, th- that that situation takes place. You know, whether there's going to be a change in management, whether there's going to be a change in the locker room. There's obviously some people in the locker room who can't be happy that Dixie Carter stood in front of them on October 3rd and said she wouldn't let the sale to WWE happen. And it, based on the documentation that's already been unveiled uh, over the course of the discovery of Corgan's lawsuit, they were trying to sell the company to WWE right a week before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, th- th- things don't add up here. And I don't know about you, that doesn't make me very confident in the person I work for if I no. find out they're trying to sell it from underneath me. No, 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 no. totally. I agree. Um you know, it's it's a deal now with, with Challenge TV in the UK that they, they announced that starting in 2017 that TNA will no longer be on, on the gimmick, you know, on their network. That's a big blow. I know when I was working there, Challenge was a, was a was a great network, a great partner of ours. That's a pretty big deal, right? I mean, this is this is another heavy, heavy blow right at TNA. No, not at all. No? What do you mean no? Nope, not according to TNA. TNA released a statement just a few minutes ago. On their social media, not on their website, not through a press release, on on their Facebook, that they have heard that the audience does not want to sit there and wait five to six days after programming airs in the United States and end up spoiled. Therefore, they're going to look for a much better television deal so the Impact and other series can air as close to the United States as possible. So it's not that they got canceled. Oh it's God. not that they ruined a relationship with a company that spent millions of dollars on TNA. It's not that they wanted to lose their springboard to run an annual tour of the UK. They don't want their audience to be spoiled, Taz. It's not like they take what? TV months in advance. Are you so you're wrong. Me? Uh, dude, <laughs> bro, seriously? They, they, I'm looking now. I can't make this up no i'm looking at their twitter now you're right it says official statement regarding future with challenge tv from our facebook page this this am and there's a link wow 
Um, you can't make this up, Taz. What the heck? I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Who is who is making the call to do the send? Put this on there. It has to be Dixie Carter. Uh, on their Facebook page, like what? The? She is the PR aficionado there. <laughs> God. Will you stop? Right, so uh, I, I PR look, Jones. <laughs> look at this guy. Yeah. Listen, dude. I I don't I don't think they should have did this with the Facebook gimmick. I gotta be no, honest with you. I don't no, think no, no. I, I don't think that's a smart move. I I have pride. I get the pride they have. I do. But I I don't think you want to go that route. I I think I need... think they left themselves open for a lot of people to take shots at them with this. They would have been better off saying nothing. Yeah, they need to pull this down because listen, man. Look, I, I I know for a fact, talking to people uh, about maybe eight, nine months ago about something else with TNA when they were getting some bad press, you know, and I said, uh, listen, you guys need to, I think, really try, this is an off- offline conversation, you guys need to try to curry favor with the audience and with, with wrestling fans and, and people in general, and this person agreed completely and understood uh, and said, you're right, we were talking about that. They can't come off like this, like tough guys. Like, I don't think that's a good move. They're not in that position. Um, no, and there's nothing sympathetic about the company right now. And they do, they've do. they never traditionally done anything to get in front of stories. They've always let, They've always been reactive instead of proactive. Yeah, well, and this, I, I think, when, like, when I read it, I, I couldn't help but laugh. It's like, oh, yeah, I meant to break up with that girl, even though she was a multimillionaire and gorgeous. I wanted to break up with her. I wanted to see what other fish were out yeah. there in the sea. Come on. I don't get it. I just don't know what. I mean, I do get it. I'm saying I don't get it because it's just it's just not smart to, to put a statement out like that. I didn't know they did. I think I'm, it's also insulting the challenge, which spent a lot of money well, on TNA you, over the years. You think? It, I mean, that's like, yeah. listen, listen, listen. You, no, no, I'm being sarcastic. You think when I say it, you're right. Dude, that's the equivalent to this. When you leave, like, um, when you leave, you're a wrestler, and, and you've seen both sides of this. When you leave a wrestling company to go on, either you get... Either you get uh, fired or you leave on your terms, no matter what it is. And then you wait your 60 days or 90 days, and then you go do one of these shoot interviews. Or you go on a show, you go and you get interviewed on PW Insider by Mike Johnson. Maybe you come on the Taz show, Taz talks to you. And now you bury the place that you just worked at <laughs> for like five years, or you worked there for 10 years, or you worked there for three years, and everything was all good in the hood. And then when you leave, now you're burying them. I never did that. I don't believe in that. I Like when I left WWE, I left on my terms. I did not bury them. When I left TNA, I had to do a statement on the human podcast machine. I didn't bury them. I was honest about what happened. You, you can't do that. You look like a jabroni. When, you, you know, Challenge TV, how long was Challenge and Impact Partners? It had to be- At least as far back as 2008. 11 possibly earlier yeah i know i was there while it was happening so point is so whatever five six years whatever the hell it is all that time everything's fine now all of a sudden they put this news out challenge and they explain this publicly which who knows what happened behind the scenes i don't think that challenge blindsided tna and said hey uh let's not tell tna that we're cutting ties and we're not re-upping them let's just put something out on twitter i don't think challenge tv would do that no, and, and I asked around this morning, and I mean, it's still it's still early as the story breaks, and I was told that TNA was aware for at least a couple of months there were, they were, they were issues going on. This was not a something happened on Monday and on Tuesday we're cutting ties. Man, I'll tell you what, between the financial issues and all this lawsuit stuff, uh, I, I, it's just the damnedest thing. It's just, uh, just hanging around. Anything else going on? What else you got going on? 
I mean, it's, I'm still working on a couple of things, and uh, you know, we're, we're looking at the fallout of Raw today on PW Insider, and oh. obviously a lot of people talking about Hell in a Cell. I will say this: uh, that Hell in a Cell match with Sasha and Charlotte was originally scheduled to be a lot crazier than it originally was. Than it actually was, I should say. Uh, those those women wanted to go off the top of the cell. Wow! And yeah, yeah. management shut it down. Well, that was good. They shut it down. I'm not surprised that the girls want to do that. I thought, I said this on Friday on my show here, I thought maybe potentially, not that I wanted to see it, that maybe there would be color in that match and one of the girls would bleed. Uh, they didn't do that. I think it's good they didn't do it. They didn't need it. They worked really hard, and, and I enjoyed it very much, and I, I you know, I, I thought it was all good. Um, I'm curious, like, uh, your audience, your fan base that subscribes to the elite section of PW Insider and all this jazz, did they enjoy the fact that the girls' match was last, and were they cool with that? Yeah, actually, we did a poll on the site, and huh. we asked, you know, in hindsight, which cell match should have closed the show, and far and away, the women's championship match won. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah my- the audience, our, our audience was definitely for it. I think they were excited for it. The only negative I've heard of that match at all is, you know, some people say, well, the tables didn't really work out so well. That's what happens. It's not like the tables are workers. You know, you, you can't you can't plan for things to always go 100% right. And I heard some criticism that seemed like the, the, the finish of the match came out of nowhere um, and it left the, the crowd kind of flat. But when the hometown girl's losing in the main event clean, obviously the audience isn't going to be happy going home. So yeah, that was my design. I, I, I talked a little bit about that. I didn't think it was flat. I thought the finish did come a little bit out of nowhere. As a st- physical storytelling of a match, no matter if there's furniture involved or not, I believe, and I've done these matches, that you do need to have more of a crescendo build into the go-home. <clears throat> they didn't do that. Maybe they were co- short on time. That was my only thing. I don't think it hurt the match. And, you know, yeah, I agree with your point about the hometown girl thing. My only thing about the match, which I said yesterday on my show, is I really felt that if you go back and watch it, when they did the heat in the beginning where, where Sasha was injured before the match even started and she was on the gurney, I felt like she went from zero to 100 with no warm-up. They, they yeah, made it, I would agree with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I just think they should have kind of made it like she didn't want to be on the gurney. And she, I'm okay, and she's selling – but I think, I mean, that's a little nuanced things. It's not the end of the world. At the end of the day, they worked their asses off, and it was really good. Uh, yeah, and they made history. No matter what, they set, they, they set the bar. Because what's interesting to me is not only have they set the bar for women to be in the main event, they've now made it more competitive for the men because now they're not only competing with each other for the main event spot – they're competing with all the women where before it was that unspoken rule that the women were never going to be given that position. Yeah, I agree. Now it's a whole different world. I said this yesterday, too. I think also uh, you might see a time where when there should be where there's, you know, right now there's obviously, uh, you know, more male matches than female matches on if you're watching WWE programming. There's always a female segment or maybe two, but who's to say it shouldn't be even? You know, okay, yeah. we, we, we got, you know, we got whatever, hypothetical. We got 12 segments on Raw. Because it's a 25-hour show every Monday. So let's do six male segments, six girl segments. Could happen, you know? Listen, at the at the end of the day, we've seen the money that Ronda Rousey generates for UFC. If one of these women, whether it's Bailey or Sasha Banks or anyone, can be turned into the type of moneymaker that a Steve Austin or a Rock or a Hulk Hogan or whoever was in the past, WWE shouldn't care what the gender is that's making the money as long as the money's coming in. I agree. I totally agree. All right, so basically you alluded to, the, alluded to the fact that you're basically you're working some other stuff, so that means after your appearance here, you'll post something on PW Insider that you didn't say here, basically. Right? Nothing imminent, nothing imminent, but I'm always working. If I'm awake, I'm working. Oh, if I'm breathing, working. I'm working. Oh, you're working all right, buddy. Oh, you're a working worker. Oh, yeah. 
Trying to get that spinoff, Taz. No Trying to get that spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> well said, my friend. All right, buddy, listen, I appreciate all the insight on the TNA stuff. And like I said the other day, last week, man, all the uh, the work, the groundwork you're putting into researching this and sharing it with the audience, the fan base. Uh, really, you're doing your due diligence big time. And all these uh, – hey, real quick, Mike, I, I was talking earlier before the break, uh, before this last break, about – like somebody called out, I remember, something about they read something online. And I was like, eh, you got to be careful. You know, there's all these different news sites, and there's a lot of these people just incredible they copy paste jones and i was talking about you know obviously look you want to go to a credible spot obviously pw inside the spot you're going to go i know for a fact that you guys do the right thing even you know i mean at times maybe stuff eh, you know keller or Meltzer, but at least those guys are doing this a long time and they do have their sources you know i but i'm saying i'm trying to tell the audience you know make sure you there's only a few spots to get real info and be careful it's not just some BS you're reading for some guy just tweeting something because he has some Twitter account that covers wrestling. Maybe real quick before you go, you could give thoughts and opinions on that. Well, I mean, I, I think if you look at 95% of the websites that are out there, there's maybe 2% of them, of the websites that are out there, 95% are just regurgitated material, and there's maybe 2% of, of sites out there that regularly create, chase, and source their own material. So to me, you know, if I, I like I'm a big Star Wars fan. Am I going to go read a rewritten version of a Star Wars site and Star Wars news, or am I going to go to the sites that I know are getting me the correct, factual, timely Star Wars news? To me... You know, my goal with PW Insider from the day we launched the site was always to give the audience, especially the the elite subscribers, something that was worth far more than they were paying for it. Right. And to right. me, the right way to do that is to chase the stories, source them correctly, find out the information as quick as possible, as correct as possible, and to work hard. The unfortunate byproduct of that is that a lot of people then come to the website and rip rip it off and rewrite the stuff and cut and paste the stuff, or even worse, cut and lie, which drives me even crazier, where they take a snippet of what I've written, add their own spin on it, but then credit me with the incorrect information. Well, that, so that, that always drives me nuts. All, and I mean, it's just a byproduct of the world today. There's nothing all, you can do about all, it. All, it just makes me want to work harder. Well, you can call them out. And all of that is basically, well, if you call them out, you're giving them publicity. You don't want to do that. Yep, all, that's all, my problem. All of that that you're talking about is called hacking. That's the wrong one. All of that you're talking about is called hacking. Take two. Oh, so. Hack alert! So that, <laughs> that's what that's called, my friend. I know what it's like to be hacked. Let's be honest. You guys hack me at PW Insider every day. So I know this. Uh, every day, twice a day. <laughs> you wise ass. <laughs> All right, listen. That's great. It's good talking to you. Uh, great spending the, uh, the, the moment with you. And, uh, and good we'll, moment. we'll talk to you soon, sir. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for checking us out at PWInsider.com, which you can check out uh, ad-free in the Elite section for three days free at PWInsider Elite. Follow me at Twitter at MikePWInsider. Follow the site at PWInsider.com on Twitter. And thank you, Taz. Hi, Captain. Hello, Viking. Have uh, a good moment, everybody. Well, yeah, the, the, and the Captain's still here. I think you've said goodbye to him for about five weeks in a I row. I got one more week. Yeah, he's got one more week, <laughs> and he's officially gone, the Captain. One more week. Is this, is this like, like when we were sitting in the ECW arena back in the day, and someone would take the mic and go, the show will start in two minutes <laughs> two minutes and 45 minutes later we're all sitting around and it got me to the mic the show will begin in two minutes <laughs> it's kind of like that yeah it kind of is all right. all right brother look man uh keep rocking we'll talk to you next week all right have a good week everybody thank you good take, moment good moment sir take care mike johnson ladies and gentlemen that's the mike johnson right there yes mike does a great job 
over at PW Insider and supplying information about the wrestling industry and it's extremely credible and knows his stuff and he's the real deal, real dealio for sure. So uh, on the other side of this thing, I got to get into full raw talk. You know what I mean? Like full, I, I've, I've only did like the kind of the early parts of the show with Goldberg and Heyman and I got to go to break right now. I, I mean, I'm swamped here. I'm busy. My mood is changing for the positive. It started off really bad. I have a feeling in the fourth quarter I'll be very jovial, and I'm excited about that. Okay, Captain, it's good when I'm Is there a man. niner in there? there? There's possibly a niner, okay? Okay, I won't push my luck. No one cares. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're back here at the Tash Show, fourth quarter city coming at you, Tuesday edition. Going to get uh, into Raw here. I covered a little bit of it earlier, but been busy. Uh, I want to thank Mike Johnson ahead of time right now for jumping on with the PW Insider Report. That was a lot of fun. Gave a lot of information. Enlightened us on the whole TNA legal, uh, Billy Corgan's lawsuit, gimmick Jones, and all that stuff. So uh, that's all good. So uh, it takes a lot of work, man. Put that amount of work into stuff. It does take a lot of work to, 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 to do that. You know, so. I respect his work ethic and everything he does, so do his due diligence the right way. Uh, Got to get into Raw in a second. Let me take a call or two here. Corey from St. Louis, Sean Natasha. How you doing, Tash? How are you, pal? Good, good, good moment, Captain. Good moment. <laughs> the mayor moment, gain momentum today. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. How can we help you, big guy? Hey, so I had a question. I wanted you to clear up something. Yesterday you were talking about how you would have uh, rather had uh, the women do the main event of Hell in the Cell, but the universal child then not be defended? Well, if you're going to, yeah, my point was, bro, like if you're going to have, you know, the, if you really want to have that universal, I'm sorry, if you want to have the women last in the main event, that's cool, then have that known ahead of time in your story arc and protect the universal title until that title was made. Dude, if, if it was the WWE Championship, I wouldn't have as big of a problem with it. It's just because the title was never really made. It's still a new title. That was my point. Right. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, let's say that by this coming WrestleMania, they were contemplating putting the women in the main event. Would you then also rather the Universal Title not be defended at WrestleMania, or how would you do that? I guess. I, how would you work I, around? My, that? my thing is, you you have to you, you have to make a decision and run with it. That's cool, but you gotta let the others around you survive. So, what does that mean? I think you still you. They need to do, no matter if it's WrestleMania, Survivor Series, whatever, they need to do their due diligence and and build this Universal Championship. I think they're building the, the world title on SmackDown, the SmackDown Championship. What is it called? SmackDown Championship. I'm drawing a blank. The world title. Right, the world the title. They're building that the right way. That's got history, but all that stuff. But I'm saying, I think Universal, I, I really think, Corey, they just need to, no matter if it's Mania or not, they need to build it better. So I, what I would do is I would keep the title on, on Kevin Owens, let him run alone, keep him away from Chris Jericho, which they're still doing, but and, and let this guy buzz through some legitimate challenges and really make that championship. And now if you want to go to Mania and you want the women to be the main event, that's fine. I, I think they already they broke some walls down. They created their walls, and they broke their own walls down by uh, at, at Hell in a Cell having two females make history, which they create their own history, let's be honest. But those two girls earned that, and they gave them the opportunity, and it really made the women's title highly important. Right now, the women's title is more vital, Corey, than the universal title. And I'm not saying that's a bad Agreed. thing. That, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you gotta make you got to make all the titles. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. Now, I'm saying that. Hey, Corey, Corey, let me give you a quick example. This is another moment here that, that people might not realize. I'm going to give you a quick little thing, Corey, that, that happened last night with Mick Foley. You, you watched all of Raw, right? You saw Mick Foley in the ring. Remember when Roman Reigns came out? Yes. Okay, Mick Foley did something very small and subtle that people maybe didn't even notice. Mick Foley, as Roman Reigns came out, he got in the ring. And thank you very much for calling, calling Corey. I appreciate it. But Mick, uh, what's his name? Uh, Seth Rollins. I'm oh, Seth Rollins. Roman, uh, Roman Reigns. Reigns, yeah. He took the, 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 the U.S. title and he had it on his shoulder, What the plate, the main plate of the championship on his back. I think he did it on purpose like Joe Cool. And I'm not knocking Roman. That's, you know, I get it. It's cool, whatever. And Mick took the title, spun it, and put it in front of him. That little thing screams why championships, a guy like Mick understands that. Now, maybe coincidentally, Mick and I are from that same generation and in the same world and came up the same way, so I see why he did that, and I agree with what he did. And I think what he did was awesome, and I don't think it was a planned thing. Maybe it was. I doubt it. But that something subtle thing shows you the importance, and not a knock on Roman, but why some of the current wrestlers, they they, they don't know how to, they don't know how to get things over. Sometimes, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, and it's the same thing happened with the girls. Where Mick Foley was telling them how important Hell in the Cell is, and they were kind of blowing them off last week. You know, Sasha and Charlotte, and Jerry Lawler said it on the pre-show at, at uh, Hell in a Cell. He said what I said. I wish those girls were listening and paying attention more to, to Mick because this cell match could be career-altering, whatever he said. I think I was going to go back to what you are saying about the way Roman Reigns was holding the belt. I think last night when he came out for his match, he was holding it that way as well. Yeah, so he, after. he's trying to make his own. I'm not saying he's wrong, but he, meaning Roman Reigns, is trying to be too cool for school and do something that makes him different. Listen, Roman Reigns, I, I'm a fan of your brother, okay? I got news for you. You're very cool. You're big. You're a good-looking guy. You're a tough son of a bitch. You got a great family behind you of, of great legacy in pro wrestling. You don't need to act cool, bro. People know you're cool. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, a lot of the, the older generation doesn't like you, but that's okay. Run with some of that heat. You, but respect that championship that you have. Respect that championship that you have. You know, instead of trying to just do something cool like that. You know, and then Mick basically calls him out in the middle of the ring without saying words and turns the belt around and he comes out later on with the belt backwards. You know, how is Vince allowing that? Well, you're being old-fashioned, Taz and Mick Foley. Okay, well, yeah, you know what? Um, maybe old-fashioned. So if, if old-fashioned means championships need to matter, then I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> I mean, you got to make the championships matter. And that's the, the, the overview tone of what I'm saying about that universal title. How it's just not made yet. I believe we're on Facebook Live right now. That's at Facebook.com slash Natasha. I believe we're on there. Correct? We're, we're checking there. We are hold on there. We all, wait, hold on. Let me check. Uh, yes, I just checked. Okay. So, what the hell? That was fast. But I think Robbie left. The Viking, I think I think he just... He, he was here, and I don't even know what happened. Oh, man. I, I don't know where he is. I, I don't really know. And you know what? I don't care. You think is. you already gave his notice? I, I, if there's a God, he did. Stop! So we shall see. All right. So we're on the Facebook Live. I, I've been talking, I guess, overviews and overtones of Raw. Uh, so uh, I, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in my last caller of the day here. Adam uh, from Pennsylvania. Uh, you are on the Taz Show, sir. How are you? 
Good. How are you doing, Tess? Good, buddy. What's up? Hey, I just want to let you know, I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. I do pay my nine ninety nine a month. Okay. Um, yeah. This is my idea to make the Universal title legit. John Cena should chase it for his 16th record-tying title to make it legit to me. Okay, that's not I bad. I don't, I don't think that's bad. I, John, no matter if people like him or not, you know what? He, he's, he's, I think he's like a 16-time champion, so he's obviously galvanized as a world champ, you know? So I don't think your idea is half bad at all, dude. I really don't. Yeah, I think it was like, legit, the belt. Yeah, yeah, as long as, listen, bro, as long as they let Kevin Owens run solo. You know, I just get him, get him away from Jericho. Let Jericho be a baby they face. Should, they should build up Jericho and Owens for the Royal Rumble main event or title match. Right, right. Um, well, I know, yeah. but it's just, I know, bro, bro, bro. I, listen, it is, it is. No, Adam, I, you're right. They are building up something. There's a match, I've been saying that, brewing between Owens and Jericho. Yeah, you're right. But, dude, the thing is, it's it goes back to what I've been saying. It's too early for them to do to have a champion with that universal title and not get that title and the guy over. At least six months, build that son of a bitch and belt up. Thank you, Adam, for calling uh, from Pennsylvania. I appreciate it. All that stuff is fine. I know Adam's not, he's not, I know Adam's not putting them over for their booking. Towards the tail end of his call, he said, the booking is frustrating, and he's correct. It is. I just think if you... If you don't have championships that matter, you got nothing. This is a work. This business is a work. So you you gotta you gotta entertain people. You gotta make the the, the championships that are not real in essence matter. You gotta embrace the story. I mean, God, this is booking one on one. Vince McMahon could do a can do a, a freaking lecture on this. He knows how to do this. I mean, he's done this for years. His father's done it for years. Some of the great, greatest promoters in the history of the business have done this. Making a title is not reinventing the wheel. They're just they're taking that universal title for granted. It does not have any history. And people know that the guy who has it is not the guy you wanted to have it. Because Finn got hurt. Not a knock on Kevin either. I mean, that's just, just straight up. I'm just being honest. I said earlier I was going to talk about the trick or street fight. Gallows wrestled Anderson. I'm sorry. Gallows wrestled Enzo. Enzo won. There was props, pumpkins, candy corn, candlesticks. It was way too comical, way too silly and stupid, and I didn't like it. There's your analyzing on it. Um, really, I just I didn't. I mean, I understand it was Halloween, uh, and, you know, this goes to show that there's just there is just, they are still placating to the younger audience, you know, to kids. And, you know, if you're a younger kid, this is hilarious. I mean, for an adult, some of it's funny. Some of it is, but not with Anderson and Callows. These guys just had a nice victory the night before at freaking Hell in a Cell, right? Anderson and Gallows, yes. That's what I'm talking about. And I said, they're going to do something with them. Oh, yeah, they did something with them, right? They put a pumpkin <laughs> on freaking Anderson and uh, Gallows' head. A giant pumpkin. It didn't fit. I'm worried to see what they do for Thanksgiving. Oh, they always do some stupid ass stuff on that. Yeah. Food Fight Jones. I was part of some of that dumb ass stuff. Hated it. We all hated it. It was so stupid. <sighs> Props everywhere. The kendo stick candy corn thing was very innovative. That I will say. <laughs>
Listen, look, if you go back and look at ECW, original ECW, there were a lot of furniture-moving stuff, like Tommy Dream was a part of a lot of that, or Sandman or Raven, where there was comedy involved. But it was sprinkled in some of those furniture-moving weapon matches, sprinkled in the right way creatively. And I'm going years back. The way that was done last night was just total, too much props, pumpkins everywhere, pumpkin juice and fudge, all this stuff. It was just, it was out of control. It was too much. Not with Anderson and Gallows. You want Enzo and Cass to do it? Okay, fine. You want to do some comedy match with New Day and, and, and another babyface team and, and Enzo and Cass, whatever, somehow. That's fine. Those are comedy bits. I got it. Not with Anderson and Gallows. These guys used to be badasses. They were nasty, tough son of a bitches. I'm watching this. I'm thinking, God, do they miss New Japan now or what? Really? The whole gimmick, the whole, uh, what do you call it? The too sweet, what do you call the gimmick? They were. Uh, the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club, thank you. I drew a blank. Yeah, the whole Bullet Club gimmick. Like, how far removed is that? Like, what, 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 why? Because they got over somewhere else? You, you got to cut their ball bag off too? Been there, lived it. Know the deal. It's horrible. Should have left them alone. I'm thinking Triple H has got to be cringing during this. Triple H don't want that to happen. Triple H is the guy who brings, who's bringing a lot of these guys in. It's not his fault. It's not Triple H's fault. And I've been hard. I critique Triple H sometimes and backstage and all that. But I'll tell you what, you can't blame this on him. Ain't no damn way. This could be a way of Vince showing Triple H that he's still the boss. Because that happens. Controlling Jones. No matter if you're married to my daughter or not, no matter if you're going to get this thing when I drop dead, guess what, brother? You can bring in all the talent you want. I'm still the guy calling shots on the main mothership show, and that's raw. Nub. Telling you, that's how it goes. My opinion, it's definitely a case of Vince showing his power, and he's still the boss. When you do something like that with Anderson Gallows. And other stuff we've seen them do with some of the talent that, you know, Triple H has brought in. Really? I mean, look, look at, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> look, look at Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT. Great talent. Big fan. Massive star. Made, made tons and tons of money in Japan, now here in the States, right? Big, big star. If he were to go on Raw or SmackDown, and have an accidental slip spot and bust someone's eye open like happened to Austin Aries, where he cracked his audible bone and Austin's got Aries got to have surgery and all stuff. People, somehow, some way, there'd be scuttlebutt, maybe, maybe, qualifier, maybe. Seth Rollins, he's dangerous. Well, why is no one saying that about Nakamura? Why is Nakamura not known as being dangerous? I predict that if he was on Raw SmackDown that happened, he would be considered, somehow, somebody would spread rumors that he's dangerous. And Nakamura is not dangerous. Neither is Seth Rollins. I'm making a point, Cap. I don't know if you get, gather my point here. I hope people don't miss my point. On NXT, that scuttlebutt's not going to happen because it's BS. And Hunter's not going to let it happen. Raw SmackDown, that scuttlebutt happens. Do you think the size of the audience would factor into that as well? I think partially. I think it's more people backstage. 
people that open their mouths and stooge things off and create BS and lie. And I'll keep my integrity and I won't name people. But that's what I think it is. But I find that interesting. And I'm telling you right now, I really believe that the, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing is a way that Vince is showing the game that he's the game. I really believe that. I really do. Um, you know, Kendrick, uh, TJP, very dangerous, uh, very dangerous spot in the match I want to talk about in a second. I do want to talk about Kendrick's promo. Um, Frankly, I, 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 and I like Brian a lot. I, I think he's ultra, ultra talented, but I think his promo sounded very written, and I think he's a really good talker if you just let him talk and just give him some bullet points. This was written. This kid was trying to memorize this. I, I really believe that. And, and it's not, I, 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 I feel his pain. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit there and read a promo, and I think that's what he was doing. Match was pretty good. A dangerous spot, though, uh, by TJP off the top buckle. Onto the apron with the uh, is it Hurricane Rana? The Rana, right? yeah, with the Rana, and uh, you know, man, they had a replay on it, and TJP really is lucky he's okay because the way he hit that apron upside down on the back of his head and his whole body jackknifed, and it was very scary. And thank God he's okay. They did a count out deal uh, on Kendrick, and then uh, TJP got pissed, got got a knee bar on Kendrick at the bottom of the ramp and I thought it was fine and they're obviously still rolling here with these two cats and I think it's okay uh, you know you got uh, then they went to the thing with Mick Foley in the ring with, with Kevin Owens, Jericho and Roman Reigns I talked about this a little bit um, you know I thought it was cool that Jericho tried to punk out Roman Reigns a little bit and for as a US champ that he's not even you know that, that he would he's not even from America meaning Jericho and he'd be a better US champ to segue into the match. And I talked about how when, when Roman came out with the belt backwards, how Mick spun it around. I thought that was very interesting. They went to uh, this battle royal gimmick with Braun Strowman. Uh, it was all about Braun Strowman, this whole thing. And Sami Zayn ended up being the final guy with Braun. Uh, you know, the whole thing here is just the, the Sami Zayn. I got to tell you, from a bookie perspective, he's kind of in bad shape. Another example, in my opinion, like I just talked about, of Vince kind of showing Triple H he's the boss. You know, I really believe that's what it is. Um, and also, I, I was perplexed why Cesaro and Sheamus were in this friggin' battle royal. Like, these guys just had a, a, an awesome deal, a, a victory, right? No, they had the match Not later the victory. in the evening, no, I'm talking about, No, I'm talking about the, on, on Hell of Cell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then they go into this. I know they had to wrestle the Shining Stars later, and Michael Cole did a good job mentioning they were wrestling later, which made me even more like, why are they even in this friggin' battle royal? Why? You know, Strowman won the thing, no shocker there. So he now uh, earned his way onto the Raw team. Who's the Raw team? Jericho, Owens, Reigns, Reigns Strowman. And, and Strowman. Now, I'm, not, I'm unclear. Is there is a it, fifth guy? Yeah, that's what I'm unclear guy? of. Isn't know. it five-man teams? Isn't that the uh, traditional uh, Usually deal? it is, yeah. Uh, the New Day did a gimmick backstage because it's Halloween. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, uh, one, one dude was dressed as Papa Shango. One was dressed as uh, Nation, of Nation, Nation of Domination. Uh, Papa Shango, you know, Godfather, and one was dressed right? as a Godfather. Who was Kama? Kama, no. was, that, was that the name? No. Well, his name was Kama. Kama Mustafa? Uh, when it, it was, was part he, of... He was Kama first doing an, a mixed martial arts gimmick way before there was anybody doing mixed martial arts gimmicks. That's what Kama was. Okay. And then he might have became Kama Mustafa in yeah, the, Nation the Nation of Domination. Domination but so. before that, yeah. Charles, uh, Godfather, he was doing a gimmick 
that they were pushed on WWF way before the Nation of Domination time. If you go back, you can find it. And they did some cool vignettes, like in a dojo training. This is way before a lot of this other stuff. Bef- way before, this was like right before that, uh, everything with the whole mixed martial arts and UFC and even a little bit before that, I did my thing. You know, because I was the first guy to have, I believe, a wrestler tap out in the professional wrestling realm. That's what people tell me. I don't know if it's true, but that's what I've heard. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was interesting that they were all dressed as uh, Godfather characters, Papa Shango, Nation Domination, the whole thing, you know. Uh, then we saw the Shining Stars. I missed this match. I didn't see Shining Stars versus R and Sheamus. I know Sheamus won the match, right? For his team? Yes. He won with a tap-out victory. I'm with a it was a fairly quick match. Yeah, I didn't see it. And I caught... I didn't catch the whole the whole last match gimmick with Reigns and Jericho. Did you catch the whole match? I caught most of it. Uh, Fast-forwarding to the end, it was really cool to see uh, Seth Rollins come out. Right. To kind of make the save. The uh, audience was chanting Shield or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's going to happen, but that, yeah. that's okay. That's good. I mean, that's, that's fine if they're going to do that. I mean, as long as they're into it. You know what I mean? Uh, before we wrap up, I'll give a little uh, love to some of the folks on the Facebook Live over here. Let me see who we have. Hold on. Give me a second here. Hold on, folks. Let me see what we have. Uh, no, I'm not talking to this guy. He's a schmuck. Oh, uh, no, this guy. No, this guy's a heel. I'm not talking to him. Look at this lady. No, nah, no thanks. Um, no, not this guy. Oh, oh, wow. Look at this. Uh, yeah, we have um, <laughs> we have the chairman saying Love Jones. Uh, interesting. Uh, right there. We're getting a lot of thumbs up. we still got some of the Halloween gimmicks. Halloween's over. We got Brian uh, Colasico saying wrap up Jones. Yes, that's what's going on. And we're getting ready to wrap up. Uh, Leon Johnson, possibly the greatest Facebook comic ever. Uh, Taz, you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, author Trey Robertson saying keep on jobbing in the free world. Remember that song? Keep on rocking in the free world. Was that a Neil Young song yeah. or did he cover it? It was Neil Young. He wrote it did too. They? Cool. Where's the, the Where's the Viking? <laughs> I bet you he knows the whole backstory to that song. Is he in the building? Did he leave? Is he in the commissary? I, Where is he? I hope he's still in the building. Uh, you do? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's here. Hey, uh, Viking Jones, if you're here, jump on in here. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Yes, uh, Big Rob. Uh, that's that's a Neil Young song, right, sir? Ye- Hold on. You asked the, Tom asked the question if it's if it's covered or it's a Neil Young song, correct? Uh, Viking. I believe it is. Yes. Oh, okay. He said, "I believe." That means he does know nothing about. I it. I looked it up. It well, is. Yeah, okay. it is, and I believe he did a uh, he did a cover of it with uh, Tom Petty. Oh, as well. All of a sudden, here comes the information. Do you know the lyrics? Uh, no. I do. <laughs> Keep on rocking in the free world. You know the song? Yes, I know the song. Lose the attitude. Really? I know this song, yeah. It's Matt song. Shannon on uh, Facebook Live says, Wow, Robbie is bald Jones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, well, you're not allowed to be bald? Like, what, the shaved head. Yeah, shaved head Jones. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and uh, Lizette Austin said, Hey, Viking Rob, your team choked out uh, to my best. Uh, basically means they did the job. That's what she said. Yeah, so... <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this to you, Rob, but you, you, you took your shot at me before we went on the air about the, the Bills, and that oh, wasn't Hold on, right. wait a second now. Didn't I predict that the Bills would win? So yes. I look like more of an idiot because you're like, no, bro, they're no, not going to win, no. this and that. You did predict that. So I predicted it. I look like a schmuck, and you look like a genius. I am a genius. But but listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Before we went on the air, you, 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 you poked the bear, and you shouldn't have done it. 
and because you made a comment, oh, Taz, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said what I said uh, to you uh, that the, right. you know, about the bill. Why would you have to bring it up? Why? I should have buried it. You should have just left it alone. You're right. Well, here's somebody that has something for you. Brandon Mullins says, I like Viking Rob. That's rare. Wow. Someone asked you like that. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate, wow. I appreciate you listening. There'll be much more of that to come. Yeah, you didn't get the job uh, yet, pal, so we'll see what happens. Uh, by the way, before we wrap the show up, any problems with somebody else that you work at with CBS Sports Radio? Timber! Oh, I saw, I saw uh, the, Dennis the Dennis Jones gimmick Dennis over the Jones. weekend. Yes. yes, he was... Um, cocky? No, I wouldn't say cocky. <laughs> Uh, we got into a fight. I mean, we got into a... <laughs> you want to know what the fight was about? Yes. We, we were deciding what to order in for food oh, for the shift. For the shift? Yeah, for the... Uh, it, well, he was. we were both working at the network on, on Sunday night. Right. And um, Which means I had to watch uh, Hell and Cell uh, on demand afterwards Okay. when I got home. And yeah. uh, I walk into the studio. Oh, yeah? And I said, so, Dennis, what are we going to order? And... He was like, I don't know, what you what, what do you want to order? And we were both in the mood for different things, so we had to uh, take a vote around the office to see who was going to win out, and of course I lost. Well, so. that's that's uh, riveting. No one cares. Um, yeah, uh, so that's kind of what either one of you guys are going to bring to the Taz show. That right there is awesome. <laughs> and I'm in a lot of trouble. Uh, I am in a lot of trouble. Yeah, on that note, uh, went, over, went over one minute here, uh, fifth quarter city. So, as usual, giving all you freeloaders free stuff on Facebook Live and maybe on the audio on demand or something like that. So, you're lucky uh, and you're welcome. That's how this goes. All right, look, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to thank Mike Johnson for jumping on with the PW Insider Report. Thanks to everybody who called in the show and people on Twitter. Uh, we did not trend today because uh, we suck and I'm horrible. Blame me. Yes, I do. And the yesterday, yes, actually true. Because yesterday the show trended for two hours straight. You weren't on a show cap of uh, Viking Rob. Yep, there's only one guy on Facebook Live that likes me, so you, we gotta we gotta get him to trend it. You suck. Yeah. All right, look. So for everybody here at the Taz Show, we'll be at you tomorrow talking some SmackDown, no stuff. Take care. A top 10, me against the world, I've been doing what I really love, haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts, and when I'm back at home, it never feels the same, cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up, I wanna go back to days with no grades, we ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now, I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at. To go and pour another drink just to get away. We gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay. I'm hoping I won't let you go. Back since I was shooting hoops, new issues, you know what I've been going through. And it's for the team, no, I go for my dreams. I've been on tours and screens.